I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and to the traditional owners of the game Mangrook, without which our game wouldn't exist. This is Footy Actually from Play On Radio. Welcome to Footy Actually, the weekly footy podcast that is your alternative listening for diehard fans. I am a diehard fan. I'm Rana Hussein, your host, and with me is AFL analyst Gemma Bastiani. How are you, Gemma? I'm pretty good. I drank a whole coffee before we started recording and listened to a really fun song. So I'm trying to be up and about for this. Yeah, you are. Your energy's up. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's 9pm and uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, haven't slept in like two days. So oh. this could either go really well or really badly. And it's fun for everyone <laughs> to wait and find out, right? I agree. I'm hoping for loopy. <laughs> Is what at, I'm hoping for. I'm good at doing that on podcasts. <laughs> it is a late record. Um, so let's see how this goes. Let's get into it because we've got a bit to talk about. Um, as always, we'll start with the spotlight uh, where we look at, we shine our spotlight on a few people and players and teams, not necessarily the talking points of the week because we feel like they've been done to death. Gemma, you picked a team that I wouldn't have expected to have a spotlight on. You've really gone rogue here. You want to talk to me about North Melbourne. Yeah, I know. And I think um, I tend to choose things that people don't expect me to choose. I I really like to talk about the things no one else is talking about because, you know, we have usually nine games of football on a weekend during men's season, seven in a women's season. Obviously with buys, there's less at the moment. But, you know... There's so many other things to talk about than the three or four things that get cycled in footy media. So that's why I choose the things I do. And if people don't like it, you, I guess you can let me know. But, well, um, that's why we're alternative listening, aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did choose North Melbourne. I think um, they obviously got the draw. But what we're seeing from them is finally some positive progress that looks like a side that can become something. Um, for for quite a while this year and for periods of last year, Port have looked like a side. Port North have looked like a side that <laughs> you just don't know what the answers are. That there's just where do you start to fix this side and and what does mm. David Noble do? What does the list management team do? But we're well, finally so, starting. So often, sorry, so often okay. it felt like we we're watching a VFL side. Didn't yeah, it look like a AFL proper side or even a reserves VFL side um (laughs) but I know which is really harsh but the thing is we're starting to see things like a game style emerge from them something that they're trying to put together a way that they've been able to create some attack even though it hasn't always been effective we can see finally see what they're trying to do 
and it's coming off more than it was previously. They're trying to use that handball game, that overlap run game to really get it going. And they did that really effectively. I think their field kicking was just the thing that let them down in this game a little bit too often. And we talk about Nick Haynes being a brilliant intercept mark and he's all Australian, all these sorts of things. And I fully agree with all those things about Nick Haynes. But, you know, for a lot of this game, North were just kicking directly to him. It, it wasn't even an intercept mark in the end because it was just him taking a mark that was kicked, a ball that was kicked straight to him. So there are still plenty of things to improve at North. But I think the fact that we're finally seeing kind of the building blocks of something is really exciting. Um, mm. that obviously, it was the draw, but it was Cam Zerha late in the game where North had lost the lead. The Giants were surging. Um, it was Cam Zerha who really stepped up and his work rate everywhere on the ground, he pushed really high up the field, got forward and kicked some goals. Um, I was super impressed by him because we, we haven't seen that from him very much, but we know he has the potential to do that. And I think this was a really encouraging thing for him as well. So he ended up with two goals, 16 disposals, five tackles and 10 score involvement. So that's a really good sign for them as well. I just think, you, I mean, you, it's so delightful of you that you um, are finding the positives in the North Melbourne side. I, I It's just going to be a struggle for a little while longer, I think. Absolutely. It is absolutely <laughs> going to be that. Um, but you've also got to recognise the positive steps made by these sorts of clubs that are struggling amongst all the negative talk about them too, for sure. Absolutely. I do love your, I do love the way you can do that. Um, <laughs> North Melbourne is such a problematic team in the AFL because it's such a weird, um, they've, I don't know what they are, who they are. They just, they confuse me. And I guess everybody's just waiting to see when they <laughs> merge with someone else. No, um, I, I think that you kind of have hit the nail on the head though, right? You've said you don't know what they are or who they are, but that, that's the thing that this game started to tell us, I think. For previously, mm. they've been a mishmash of players. There's not really been any genuine stars on their team. They haven't had a game style that you could you could know what they're going to come out and try to do. But now we're seeing the young players come through. Zerhar is obviously the one I spoke about, but Bailey Scott is having a big influence. Um, Powell, uh, Luke Davies, Uniac in the middle. So there's like... There's a bunch of players that you can start to kind of get attached to in a way. Um, and then there's a game style that you can see they're trying to develop around those players. So I think they're starting to answer some of those questions, but it's going to take a while for them to be able to do it consistently. Mm, I will say one thing for them, um, and this is via our friend of the pod, Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter, the AFL North Giants game is the first drawn match involving the team sitting 18th on the ladder, which I thought was an interesting stat despite me not being that interested in stats in general. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoyed that one. Um, this next one is only slightly painful for me, but still a little bit painful. <laughs> I'm slowly weaning myself off Richmond, okay? I'm getting there. It's going to take me some time um, now that I no longer work there. Um West Coast with the best win of the round, Gemma. Yeah, and that will probably prick a few ears and have a lot of people disagreeing with me. But the moment that Josh Kennedy turned to the crowd after his goal went through in the dying moments of that game, I was 
just that was everything to me this weekend. It was that, so good, wasn't just it? Just that moment that he turned to the crowd. I, you know, Josh Kennedy is a fairly universally loved player. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Josh Kennedy at West Coast, obviously. Um, <laughs> in front fairly, of a home crowd. Yeah, in front of a home crowd in such a dramatic game. Like, I could just watch that turn as a gif over and over again. I don't even go for West Coast, but it was just... I'm going to have to go back and find this now. <laughs> Oh, I loved it so much. And I just couldn't stop thinking about that moment. So that's why we have to talk about this. But I, I think the big thing in this, and, and I've been fairly harsh on West Coast saying, I'm not sure they can actually do the job against good teams this year. Mm. They, they're they just kind of a middling side. The fact that so many teams in recent years have got that three or four goal, uh, conceded that three or four goal margin to Richmond in the final quarter of games and then just not been able to fight back to that. They've just allowed mm. allowed the margin to be brought wider. West Coast didn't let that happen to them. They did get down by, I think it was 21 points in the last quarter, but they fought and fought and fought. And Elliot Yo and Jack Redden um, were huge, or a huge combination for the Eagles. They combined for 14 clearances, eight score involvements and 52 disposals. So, they were very much the engine room when you think about who's missing from that midfield in terms of Tim Kelly and Luke Shuey aren't there. Um, but then it was the leaders late in the game that that kind of generated this win. So we talked about Josh Kennedy. He kicked two goals in the last quarter. But even more so, Shannon Hearn on that kind of goalkeeping last line of defense role. Oh, amazing. You could tell that Richmond were trying to outmatch him in terms of ground level agility and speed with Jake Arts, but West Coast were forcing Richmond to take those long pot shots from just outside 50, which played into Hearn's hands, Mm. but also just his cool head to take the mark, make the right choice and get the ball moving in a way that could create genuine positive attacking kind of ball movement mm. for West Coast. I have, I think there'll be a tweet from like 2017 on my Twitter um, where I wrote <laughs> that I was Shannon Hearn's number one fan and that absolutely hasn't changed. I just love his cool head, his mm. thoughtful kind of play and he never panics and I, that showed in this game. I love what you said just then about they forced Richmond to kind of long bomb in um, into goal, but because, you know, Richmond's remit against West Coast and tall sides is to get ball to ground and they just couldn't do that. Yep. Um, and I did kind of love seeing Hearn just sit on that back line <laughs> and <laughs> pluck them from the air every time. It was kind of great. You know um, who it reminded me of? Yes. Um, do you remember in, I think it was round nine this year in AFL, the final round this year, AFLW, GWS against Carlton, where Darcy Vessio had an amazing yeah. game up forward and then the last quarter she just sat on the goal line in defence and took those marks to stop any sort of score going through. It was exactly like that. That's so true. Got great memory. Um, you're so right. I really, um, and I'm going to talk about this later, but I was so sure Richmond had this one. Um, so I <laughs> loved seeing your that, tweet. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> um, but I did love seeing that get turned on its head um, because it's good for footy and it's good viewing, but yes. And if you're not a Richmond supporter and you want something good to watch, <laughs> just watch the moment that Josh Kennedy turns to the crowd after his goal because it is glorious. Uh, yeah. 
I was um, not at home when this was on and I was so bummed. Um, but I was watching it on my phone um, in a restaurant and then at a cafe. And after that, drinks and stuff, it was just um, very embarrassing. But, um, yeah, there's a bunch of us that were just huddled around the phone. And when that happened, it was fist pumps in the air and a few big heavy sighs from me. Um, but yeah, great football to watch on a long weekend. Uh, pivoting now to Max King. We spoke about him um, a couple of weeks ago and the treatment he's been getting in the media. Um, but you want to talk about his performance this week? Yeah, so I think it's uh, – we last week all the talk was about the negative attention he got from the commentary box, how it was a bit heavy-handed and, and a bit too much and all this sort of stuff. This 20-year-old key forward who's only been in the game for two years came out this week and amongst a disappointing team performance, he had one of the best games of his career. It could even be considered the best game of his career, which I think shows such a maturity and um, I think he he really kind of put his hand up and said, nah, okay, watch me now. Um, He ended up kicking two goals, having 13 touches and took six marks. And I just love it when someone's able to answer back by doing the thing they know they can do really well. And it's the thing that everyone was criticizing. And Mm. um, I just wanted to highlight that because young players cop so much shit um, (laughs) in footy men's and women's. And I love it when young players can then go and do this in response to it. Yeah, we, um, I mentioned the word pivot I, and we have talked about the media needing to pull their socks up and be better when it comes to young players and the criticism of them. I did like seeing that um, different parts of the media were calling out the fact that Max King at the same, when Tom Hawkins was the same age as Max King currently is, um, they were kind of on par and Max King is even doing one a few better than Tom Hawkins at this age. So I did like that um, they sort of turned that ship around a little bit to get some perspective. Into yeah, everybody. perspective is absolutely the word because you can, um, we kind of hashed this last week, but criticism and critique is so important, but it's the art of doing it well that's hard. Boom. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, well, I did mention Pull Your Socks Up before. We will do that right now. This is, of course, the segment when we ask someone to pull their socks up because they may be not performing as well as we'd like them to. Uh, I'm going to go first this time, Gemma. Uh, I don't even know what you've chosen. This I know. I del- <laughs> deliberately left this off our show notes because <gasps> It's I... me, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I'm calling you out, <laughs> finally. No. <laughs> no, it's me. I've called myself out before, actually. I don't, I don't know that I should do it too often. But I totally ruined... Um, some things for some people this weekend, including myself. Uh, I got a little bit excited and tweeted too early in the Richmond game um, that Richmond aren't going to go anywhere and clearly going to romp into finals and probably grand final is what I was thinking. And then they lost (laughs) and I got called out quick smart for speaking too soon and I should know better that the footy gods do not like that and they very swiftly punished me with that Josh <laughs> Kennedy goal. Um, and But before this, now this, the footy gods gave me a chance. So this was... Yeah, this <laughs> is the bit this, I hate about this. Um, on I've obviously on another podcast, The Outer Sanctum, and we have a lovely chat group. And I was watching the Hawthorne play Sydney and I was quite impressed with a... Hawthorne side that was beating Sydney. I'm so sorry, Gemma. And so I posted in our chat group the Hawks uh, and that I was impressed. And I very swiftly got shouted down by the rest of the Sanctum who are all Hawthorne supporters and they told me to stop mozzing them, which I had never, a term I'd never heard of before, actually. Really? Have you heard of that term? Yeah. What does it actually mean? Like what's... Like jinx. Why moz? Okay. I've never heard. I know Jinx. I didn't know Moz. Anyway, there you go. I Moz them. Didn't well, work though. Clearly, you didn't because <laughs> I took it back. Actually, I said I'm so sorry. <sighs> Apologies, Rana, footy gods. Clearly, you love them more than you love me. <laughs> and the footy gods accepted it and let Hawthorne win. But then they weren't going to have it in the Richmond game. And then similarly, I went into that Collingwood Melbourne game assuming that we would win that and we all know that we didn't so yeah wasn't a great weekend for our teams was it no it really was and this is the thing I get a lot of I cop a lot for having too many teams but when both your teams lose it's really not bad weekend (laughs) I was really low on, on Monday night it was not good anyway I really need to pull my socks up. I will not be commenting or t- especially <laughs> tweeting. I don't think I should tweet mid-game. Only post-game tweets for me <laughs> from now on. 
<laughs> All I do is mid-game tweets. It's like my whole and Twitter. I <laughs> you at least aren't just calling calling games before they're actually finished. <laughs> That's my problem. I just need to, yeah, just need to hold my horses there, I think. Um, but what about you? You've got someone who needs to pull their socks up. Yeah, this is a criticism that's been um, thrown the Giants' way a number of times in recent years. And the disappointing thing is that while they seem aware of it, um, it hasn't really changed. They have too many players who want to be the star and not too, not enough players who want to actually do the hard work, um, especially defensively through the middle of the ground. They just get caught out far too much. And it, then it was on a handful of players to do it all. Um, Josh Kelly had an outstanding game. I think Callan Ward was quite good. I think Tim Taranto did his did his fair share and, and Nick Haynes. But like other than that, and Toby Green obviously tried his hardest both forward and when he ran through the middle, but there just aren't enough guys who are willing to do the things that the team needs. Um and it just let them down and they left their run at actually trying to win this game far too late against North Melbourne and something needs to change there and I'm not sure how they can I'm not sure how they do that Uh, because as long as this continues to happen the ones that are willing to put in the work are the ones that are going to keep leaving to find a team that actually supports that rather than hangs off them almost Um, and I just think it's quite disappointing because we know those players can do those things that are required of them but it's an maybe it's an attitude thing or a strategy thing that they're not quite getting it not quite clicking Um, and it's disappointing because then you see young players like Lockie Ash coming through who's really exciting but is he going to just fall into that mold as well and and not be the player we know he has the potential to be because that is the attitude of how players at that club play because again it's it's been an issue for a number of years it's not like it's just come up it's been a problem for a while and and it'd be good to see something consistently change in that department for them on the weekend during the commentary of the Collingwood Melbourne game I think it was BT god forbid I um (laughs) quote BT but he raised an interesting point I want to ask you what you think he said that he wonders if it's harder when your team isn't doing as well to be a role Role player, player. which is what teams need because maybe the connection's not there. Maybe you feel like you've got to do other things or lift or um, you can't just play a role. You've got to do a bit extra. Whereas in a really well-oiled machine, um, you can just play your role and it works seamlessly. And so then it's easier to be a role player. I think that's what he was saying. Did you hear that? Uh, Yeah, I did. I think on surface level, it makes sense that that um, is something you say. I think that being said, when it comes down to footy, footy uh, is a team sport. And if you're not playing in a way that helps protect your teammates and help your teammates so th- and then they help you, then you're not really getting it, are you? So being a role player means working for your teammates and that's what the Giants were missing and I don't think it's oh they're not going very well therefore um, it's harder for them to do those things I think that's the easiest thing to do if you can't win the ball then the easiest thing to do is make space for a teammate or lay a tackle or run 
run down to create pressure. Like you can do all those things without having the ball. Those are the things Mm. the Giants aren't doing. And that to me is what a role player is, is that you're not getting the accolades. You are doing the things that help set up someone else. And that is the essence of what the Giants are missing. It's the thing that, and I use this example all the time, but it's the thing that Melbourne struggled with for a number of years. And even since 2018, they've only kind of sorted that out again now, is that they're players that go into self-preservation mode. It's about them and it's about them not being caught. So if that means handballing to a teammate one meter away who's under just as much pressure as you are so you don't get caught holding the ball, then they'll do that instead of not being the one to go in and win the ball but instead create the space for a teammate to win it more effectively. That's what good teams do. That's what being a role player is. And I think it's all mental because if you're Josh Kelly, who is having to do everything, then yeah, it's harder for him to be a role player because he's being relied on to do everything. But if 10 other players were to do those little things, he wouldn't have to do so much. I don't know if I yeah. said that in a way that was very, that answered the question, but no, that's my I think you I think, <laughs> so I think BJ sort of has a point and it's a little bit chicken and egg for me because I think you're right. It is mental and, you know, a side that's kind of got what it takes and then click into place because everybody's playing their role are then going to produce more role players and more efforts that are team worthy. So I don't know. I think it, it I don't know what comes first really. And maybe it goes both ways, but um, I think, you know, it's clearly what a good side needs though is the players to play their role. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right in terms of how do you get one without the other because they kind of create one another. But I think if you if you have a team... And, and North Melbourne is probably a good example of this and going back to what I said before about them is that they're finding a way to play for one another. They're finding their game style. And in doing that, even if you're not the most talented player, so you don't have the most high-profile list or anything, those players are being taught to put blocks on or make space or uh, Bailey Fritch ran down I can't remember who it Maynard or someone in desperate last moments mm. of the game he it was a it was a long quick rundown that actually kept the ball in Melbourne's forward half if you're doing those things then it's easier to do the other stuff right so mm. teach those things first and make your team accountable to those things first the other stuff will come easily off the back of that yeah, I would love to know more about what Melbourne have done because it's not like their list changed that much from last year to this year. It's clearly the attitude that's shifted. Absolutely. Um, and similar things happened at Richmond a few years ago as well, I think. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, on the theme of pulling your socks up, we now transition into the presser, the segment where we like to ask the questions that we would want to ask in the press conference, but would be a bit nervous to, frankly, if we were in there. Um, I'm going to start with you. You've got a question for Justin Longmuir. Yes. Uh, so this is a bit of a dumb question, so sorry, but... I just want to ask how often he uses David Mundy as an example to his younger players because David Mundy keeps getting it done, keeps stepping up. It just 
when you think that he's down and out, then he goes to a new level. And he's, what, 35, I want to say? Maybe 36? I might be wrong. I'm really sorry. But his third (laughs) quarter alone on the weekend, he had eight disposals, five clearances, and a goal. Like, I know it doesn't seem like huge numbers, but in one quarter, in a team where you're the oldest guy, like, that's incredible. And the fact that he's continuing to set that standard surely makes it easier for Justin Longmuir to coach the rest of his midfield because, like, if he's doing it, you can do it too. And it reminds me of speaking to um, Trent Cooper about Kiara Bowers because, like, she's an on-field leader. If she's willing to do that hard stuff, then she sets the Mm. standard for everyone else and everyone wants to rise to her level. And surely that's David Mundy in this men's team. You're just mad for Mundy, aren't you? Absolutely. How how could you not be? (laughs) Um, no, of course, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> he, yep, concur. I have nothing more to add. <laughs> well, what question do you want to ask? <laughs> yes, I would like to ask, this isn't actually for a coach this time, um, I would love to get Gillen McLaughlin in a presser, as he sometimes is, and ask him after this past weekend, are you worried that meatloaf might sue you? <laughs> because in in pursuit of getting this whole meatloaf saga off his back, which he very was very keen to point out wasn't his mistake, <laughs> he all he in the process of doing that and sliding down the big freeze slide dressed as meatloaf, he just stuck, like stuck the boot in, boot <sighs> he just stuck the boot in so many times, and there was a point where I thought, oh. I get it. Meatloaf was pretty bad, but this is getting a bit mean. I was wondering if, like, what if Meatloaf is watching this? Maybe I'm just too much of a people pleaser, but that really bothered me. I I mean, there's two reasons why I did this. One, because it's really funny, and I found mm. it very funny. But two, he's trying to get people on his side. Everyone knew it was bad. He's trying to lean into it and just be like, yeah, I'm like one of you. The thing that um, for this. Wait, I'm- wait, just on that, just on that. I will say it did it did reek of I'm trying to be the cool teacher. <laughs> and that also bothered me. But go on. I know what you're going to say and it needs to be said. <laughs> so we mentioned this before we started recording because we both had the, exactly the same thought when seeing this is that Mm. you know someone makes a lot of money when they're willing to wear their fancy um rm williams boots down a slide into a big (laughs) thing of water because i would never do that with my rms (laughs) ever even these leather pants i was like are they custom made for him like they're not just off the rack he's too tall to get pants that aren't custom made right so he was totally willing to get those leather pants. I just, I couldn't handle that. But actually, like, I was stressed seeing those leather pants go into the water. The boots stressed me out the most out of this whole thing. <laughs> I, like, polished mine afterwards out of just, like, panic. Just, like, look after them. They're so ex- those boots are so expensive. Look after your boots, people. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of Timberlands that need uh, a good shellac or something. Um, anyway, just think Meatloaf was sitting somewhere 
in the Bahamas he, or wherever he was he is. not know. watching the football. He was not watching this. He will never know this happened. He will. He's got his Google alert on his name. <laughs> he will absolutely know. I wonder how many recipes like, he gets on his Google alerts. True. That is a very good question. <laughs> I've also thought many, every time someone brings up how bad meatloaf was, if he knew he was bad and if he's he thinks about this gig and goes, yeah, I really didn't work for that. I think he's talked <laughs> about it before, hasn't he? Has he? I feel oh. like he's spoken out about how it wasn't his fault, it was something to do with tech reason that it was oh. bad. Yeah, but in his heart of hearts, <laughs> I wonder... As someone who has put on many a gig, um, <laughs> tech reasons can only excuse you so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, look, I think Gil McLaughlin said it brought shame to us. I think it brought <laughs> so many jokes that it was probably <laughs> worth it. It was like bringing a comedian out. By the way, why don't we do that? Instead of like a musician, we should just get a great comedian to come out and do a set no at halftime that would absolutely not work (laughs) (laughs) like a kevin hart or something can i get a whole crowd going speaking of comedians can i recommend a comedy special for people to watch i know i'm like fully veering off the tracks here no if it's bo burnham it's not um, it's not um, James Acaster did a comedy special. I love James Acaster so much. So good. He did a comedy special called Cold Lasagna, uh, Hate Myself 1999. <laughs> um, and you can get it on his Vimeo. I think it's $15. It's absolutely worth it. It's a two-hour comedy special. Please go and watch it if you're into comedy. It is so genius and so funny and also really depressing at the same time. Okay. Well, I mean, as is Bo Burnham's. But everybody's talking about Bo Burnham. So we don't need to plug him. Uh, <laughs> I will because I love James A. Custer. So He's I'm amazing. on it. All right. Well, speaking of amazing performers, how is that for a segue? <laughs> I want to leave that in, you saying that. I was kind of, I think that was my best work to date. Uh, ooh, it is time for us to anoint the play on performer of the round. And another little kind of pain one, painful one for me, but <laughs> I agree. I agree, but it's difficult. Continue. Well, I'll start it by mentioning a painful one for me as well. Um, <laughs> I, I've got to mention Jai Newcomb on debut um, broke the tackle record for a debutante so, uh, in the men's game. Um, I need to check it in the women's game. I haven't looked, but I think Kiara Bauer's only laid 11 tackles in her debut game, but I will check. Um, Jai Newcomb, brilliant, set the standard for um, Hawthorne's pressure, and it was the key to winning that game, so well done to him. But everyone's talking about him. Let's talk about someone else. Um, Isaac Quaynor, in, in this... Um, Queen's birthday match against Melbourne, he, for me, was the huge difference in the game. Um, Collingwood were forcing Melbourne to make really dumb decisions going forward, but it was Quaynor who was making the most of that. Um, He got 15 disposals at 93%. So not only was he winning the ball in the back half, he was using it beautifully to set them up coming out of that defensive line. He took four marks, three of those were contested, and they were in in packs where he absolutely was not the tallest player in that 
in that pack. He just positioned himself very well. He played brilliantly one-on-one and he effectively nullified Keziah Pickett as well, who has been um, on multiple occasions Melbourne's kind of momentum shifter. Um, So that was super important. He had five rebound 50. So I I just think his his game in defense um, was just destroyed Melbourne's ability to win a ground ball, Melbourne's ability to change any sort of momentum in that forward half. And I wanted to shout him out because he was brilliant. Yeah, um, I wasn't thrilled because Cozzy <laughs> was not Cozzy because of Quayna. So, um, but what a what well a fun deserved. what a fun matchup to watch for the next ten years, though. Amazing. I love uh, Isaac Quayna when he's not playing against my team. Um, <laughs> lovely young man as well. I've met him before, and he's a gem. All right. Well, that's enough for the round that has been. Let's talk about the round that will be. Uh, Gemma, you're gonna preview a game for the next round for us yes sorry i've as we mentioned earlier uh i've gone off the rails today you were just doing a little jig and i loved it so yeah, don't, I was, I don't, do not apologize song stuck in my head <laughs> just jamming to it to myself um game of next round so i've chosen hawthorne essendon so they are rivals in um a fairly traditional sense of the word i don't think of them as rivals anymore I think they definitely consider themselves rivals. Oh, okay. That's probably more accurate. Uh, Essendon are going to come off the bye, but they have momentum at the moment. They've got a lot of kind of enthusiastic youth um, that they're kind of riding off the back of, which is really fun for them. Hawthorne obviously have the momentum of a fairly significant win on Friday night as well. Um, And they come at each other as two sides that are trying to show what their future is. Um, and I think this is a fairly significant game in that context. Them being rivals, them being on a good turn, them being reliant on youth. It's it's an exciting matchup. I'm actually really looking forward to this game. I'm loving what Essendon are doing at the moment. So I'll be watching keenly. Well, I'm going to preview the first cab off the rank this weekend, Friday night, Geelong versus Western Bulldogs at GMHBA. This is second versus third. Um, It's another one in the line of top sides playing each other. We had Melbourne versus Brisbane and Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs and now Dogs and Cats. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game. It's really interesting because this is one of the oldest, if not the oldest side in the league at the moment. Anyway, Cats versus Dogs. Look, they've each won alternately for the past five years uh it's very uh as friend of the pod so swamp thing mentioned to me it's very tortoise and the hare i think geelong will win this at home um that is the safe bet but i think their age and wisdom will shine through in this game Ooh, mm. hmm, that's an interesting call i i know we're not doing tips but i i felt like i needed to just then that's okay. I'm just. I was just writing down what my tips are, so I'm just writing down that you're tipping Geelong for the, that game. So, yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, it'll be an interesting game, nonetheless, and I think these are the two games that I'm looking forward to the most. And that one's going to be played in front of no crowd as well. Sad. The wheels are falling off, Gemma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I should mention that 
my uh, one of my other podcasts, Australian Jams, returned from a hiatus this week. It'll be out the same oh. day as this podcast, and Very I'm good. I'm famous for getting loopier and loopier as that podcast goes on and and recording that i learned that nothing has changed in the six months that it's been on hiatus so uh, maybe oh, that's look. bleeding into this recording here <laughs> look it doesn't help <laughs> that i have a six-year-old buzzing around me despite it being very late and she should be in bed <laughs> she wants to know where the donuts are um because i've hidden them <laughs> and with that, let's, uh, <laughs> without a segue, I'm just going to somehow transition into listener questions. As my daughter asks me where the do- donuts are, we'll get to some other questions that I'd rather answer. <laughs> um, first one, Gemma, Harry Mackay, can he still win the Coleman despite his injury? Yeah, he's been battling through a bit of a shoulder, a bit of a head knock. Um, but he's re-signed, he's extended at Carlton, which is really encouraging for them as well. Um, why not? Why can't he win it? I, I think he's playing good football. Um, he's the main spearhead of Carlton's attack, so they're reliant on him to kick those goals as well. The only thing that is a concern is that he's getting a lot of shots on goal, maybe not converting as much as he should. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it'd be great to see him win the Coleman. I'd love to as well. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Uh, Next question. Do you think the outcome of an on-field action should play a role in a free kick or suspension decision? I guess this is off the back of Maynard facing the match review panel. Giving away a free kick, I think, um, for a dangerous tackle on Monday. Um, And then there's the David McKay conversation about that bump on that broke Hunter Clark's jaw and there's been a few other incidents I think the issue here comes down to the fact that the the immediate commentary about things that happen on a football field are about the outcome to the player that was hit or was tackled or any of those things and as soon as it's decided that that player got straight back up and was able to take their free kick it's decided that the action can't have been that bad but a sling tackle is a sling tackle whether that player is concussed or not a sling tackle is a sling tackle so I think we need to start separating the outcome from the action and I think the other thing we need to start doing with um, match review is if it's an on the ball or off the ball action if it's part of the game I don't know that we can judge it as harshly as if it's a punch to someone's face 100 meters off the ball so I think that's something that we haven't really gotten to when it comes to match review or it, it's not as clear. If you're punching someone or hitting someone or think about the Tom Mitchell elbow to Todd Goldstein's head um, a couple of years ago, those sorts of things. I think we need to judge those actions more harshly than a poor decision contesting the ball. Um, I agree. I yeah. think intentional actions, even in play, still not great no Um, absolutely not and we still need to protect the head we still need to players still need to know that they are safe but I think when you're contesting a ball and you're already in that motion it's much harder to stop your momentum and stop yourself than it is to not punch someone in the back of the head you know what I mean yeah and it's an even more interesting conversation when we look at what happened in the AFLW at the start of this season with Brid Stack 
Absolutely. Where, you you know, the action maybe wasn't as intentional or harsh, but the outcome was severe and significant. You know, that, that made that really complicated and, um, you know, no one could deny that it was a really terrible incident for Bridstack, but um, the actual action didn't seem as bad, I guess. Yeah, and I think this is the thing as well, is that we've got to accept that it's a contact game. It's a highly contacted and contested game. So there's always going to be something like that that could happen, and that is the choice you make going on the field. There is a duty of care and the duty of care needs to be considered when taking actions like slinging someone in a tackle. Whether their head hits the ground or not, you shouldn't be doing that action. And I think that's the delineation we need to make is that that action cannot be done. But also you need to accept that if you're going to lead with your head when you go to get a ball, the chances of you getting hit in the head are quite high. So your technique needs to be good. Um... You also need to know that a player is not going to be able to grab you, pick you up and put you on your head like has happened as well. So it's those two things, which I know is incredibly difficult when you're in the heat of the moment trying to get a ball. But it feels very clear to me what should and shouldn't be acceptable and what should or shouldn't be paid a free kick or a suspension. And I think above all, punching someone in the back of the head 100 metres off the ball, that should give you a bigger suspension than anything in terms of contesting a ball. Very few players seem to be doing that at the elite level. I think maybe community football needs to clamp down on it a bit more. Pull their socks up? They need to pull their socks up. (laughs) Thank you, Gemma. All right, let's do our tips and get out of here. We've talked about this game Friday night at GMHBA Stadium, Geelong versus Western Bulldogs. I said Geelong will win this. What do you think? I'm going with the dogs. Um, I think that Geelong aren't going to be up against a team that rolls over as easily in the final quarter. Sorry, Port. I am really nervous about giving my tips, given what I said today about me mozzing everybody. I feel like the footy gods are really tuned in to me and my takes. <laughs> and they really shouldn't be. I'm nobody. Um, that's not true. Um, no, that's not true. I'm very important to football. <laughs> Moving on to Saturday at Metricon Stadium at 1.45. Gold Coast Suns versus Port Adelaide. Surely Port Adelaide win this. I can't see how they wouldn't. Yeah, as much as it breaks my heart to tip against Gold Coast, whom I love, uh, yeah, Port's going to win this game. Uh, North Melbourne, your new uh, favourite team. Uh, Let's not go that far. (laughs) They will play the Brisbane Lions uh, at 4.35 on Saturday. Uh, I guess we've got to go with the Lions again. This doesn't feel like the... (laughs) Most fun matchup. I'd love to like. I'd love to know what the conversation is for North Melbourne ahead of this game and what what they set their sights on. What's well, in Tassie again? And North won in Tassie against Hawthorne and have now drawn in Tassie. So they've got a pretty good record down there this year. Um, still going to go with Brisbane, who are coming off the bye, and will probably win this by a fair margin. But I think North. I, I think it'll be a case of 
North pushing them for three quarters and then Brisbane breaking away. All right. We'll see how that one goes. At 7.25 on Saturday night, GWS play Carlton. I don't know about this one. I mean, obviously, I think Carlton have it, but I think it'll be closer than people think. See, I see this as a game that everyone expects the Giants to win, therefore Carlton will win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I love the logic. So I'm tipping Carlton, (laughs) if you can't tell. Okay. Yeah, I am too. Uh, Moving on to Sunday, Hawthorne versus Essendon. You previewed this game. I think Essendon win this, but I think it will be close. Yeah, I think Essendon win this in some sort of dramatic fashion because remember last time they played this year, Essendon were up by, was it 40-something points? And Hawthorne Mm. ended up winning by two. I don't think Essendon are going to let that happen again. No, I hope they don't. I'd love to see them win. They've had a few tough games, actually. I'd love to see them get up. And that is it for the round. It's another buy round for a whole bunch of teams. Yeah, it's weird got, and I don't like it. Only got five games this week because one of the buys got moved. Um, so even less yeah. football this weekend. God, what are we going to do with our time, Gemma? Hey, I might <laughs> sleep for once. That could be fun. Yeah, you should definitely sleep if you work too hard. I don't know that that's true. <laughs> Well, maybe what we can do is talk to our listeners on the social medias. Yes, and... please, please talk to us. <laughs> I clearly am desperate for social interaction. Desperate to, to make some friends. Yeah. If you're lonely and you'd love someone to talk to, Gemma's ready and waiting for you at Play on Radio Melb on Twitter. I am at Rana Huss on Twitter. You are GL Bastiani. Uh, that's where you can find us. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like us and review us and subscribe and get your friends listening. We would love it and we would love your support. Um, That's all for this week. Who needs love when you've got footy actually? Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader from AdWanted UK.